Welcome back, everybody. It's the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. Thursday, November 1st, 2018. Uh, it's our 10th episode. It's our anniversary. It's a banner night for us. It's uh, number 10. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have planned for today. Nothing special. Um, I'm not going to do any sweepstakes or anything like that. Maybe for our 100th episode or our 1,000th episode or 100,000th episode, we'll do kind of like a raffle thing. Um, we're not going to get anywhere near 100, but, uh, it's our 10th episode. So, uh, yeah, that's the only difference between this one and the other nine episodes is that this one has two numbers in front of it. So that's, yeah, it's a, it's a big day for us. No, number 10, uh, we got some huge games. I mean, huge games, huge games. I'm going to say it three times all this week, uh, in college, I mean, just monster games. We're going to get into that. Uh, some great NFL games. And college basketball starts again on Tuesday. Or not start, not again. Um, it starts up on Tuesday for the first time. Well, I guess again in the sense that there was a college basketball season uh, last year and the year before that. So we're doing it again this year. Um, where you have uh, huge games in college basketball on Tuesday. I can't wait. I love college basketball so much. Um, it's not harder to follow, I would say, but there's a lot more teams, there's a lot more players. Recruiting is a, a huge deal, uh, maybe more so in basketball than in uh, college football, but uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into college football. No NBA today. Um, obviously, there's a whole bunch of nonsense going on in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler. I don't care enough to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves um, to speak on them. Maybe if he gets traded, well, not maybe, if he gets traded the the Houston Rockets, we're absolutely going to be talking about that because that'll be huge. That'll be a blockbuster deal. Um, the Rockets would absolutely be the favorites to knock off the Warriors in the West in that scenario. Uh, maybe they get rid of Carmelo Anthony. Maybe they already bail out uh, on the Melo experiment. I, that would be really interesting to see if they could dump Carmelo Anthony onto the Timberwolves and get rid of him because it has not worked whatsoever, um, Carmelo Anthony's time in Houston. Not off the bench, not in the starting lineup. It's just a mess. They're, I think they have one win. They're 1-6 or 1-7. Uh, they're they're a mess in Houston. So there's your NBA. I did NBA today. So we're going to go ahead and start off with NFL today. Uh, usually we get into college football first and the NFL, then NBA, then quote of the week and all of that stuff. But we're going to shake it up a little bit this week because there's so much going on in college football this week. College sports, like I said, on Tuesday, uh, the season will officially start. Uh, and we'll talk about the two huge games. Uh, you've probably already heard about them, but we're going to talk about them later. Um we're going to do the NFL first because in college sports this past Tuesday, the first college football playoff rankings came out first of the year. Um, I think the committee got it right. I don't see any, I don't have any gripe with it. Uh, I guess in my personal opinion, you guys know how much I like Notre Dame this year. Uh, I'd have Notre Dame number three, possibly number two. Um, no, Clemson is really, they've, they've been playing really well. They're undefeated. So you can't put them uh, on top of, or you can't put a Notre Dame on top of Clemson. I'd have let, uh, I'd have Notre Dame on top of uh, LSU, I'd swap them. They're three and four, um, but that's my. The rest of the top twenty-five, well, top fifteen. Nobody cares about the top twenty-five. I think the college football playoff rankings should just go up to fifteen because sixteen to twenty-five has absolutely no shot of making the playoff. What's the point? Even if you're at fifteen, you still have a chance. I mean, you have a small one, but you have a chance of making the playoff. Even if you're at fifteen, I think they should stop it there. Uh, that's the only teams that I pay attention to is the top 15. Um, I think they got it right. I don't see any problems. Uh, I'm not a UCF fan. They were number 12. Uh, they were 10, I think, in the AP, so they were ranked a little bit lower, which I agree with. Um, UCF, they don't belong on the same field as 
Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, you know, the big dogs. I mean, so I don't have a problem with that. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into NFL because I'm giving away all of my football, my college football um, segment already. First game this week. I'm not doing, okay, another, this is a kind of a strange show. It's not strange. Uh, it's not strange in the sense that um, anything weird's going on. We're just doing a bunch of different things, uh, which is a good thing. Change is, change is good. We're not doing the Thursday night football game. I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting your time on the two god-awful football teams that they managed to scrape together for Thursday night primetime national television. It's an absolute disgrace to the game of football that they have picked these the two worst football teams in the history of the sport to play on the one game that they have on national TV um, on Thursday night. So we're not doing that game. That being the Raiders and the 49ers. They're just two messes of a football franchise. Football franchises. We're not talking about them. That's the last we're saying of that because I'm I'm not doing those games. So we're doing all three Sunday games this week. Uh, yeah, that's it. So the first game and the best game this week, uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Nolan Saints. Um, that one's going to be fantastic. These are the two best teams in football right now and going forward. I believe um, the Patriots are getting red hot, as I said they were going to. Uh, the Chiefs are really good, and their defense is starting to get some stops, so they're getting uh, they're much improved also. But if I were to pick the two best teams in football right now, it would be the Saints and the Rams at, at two and then one. Uh, they're playing each other this week. The Rams kind of, they really escaped uh, last week at home against the Green Bay Packers. Um, you can make an argument they should have lost that game. Uh, they, they were gifted uh, a fumble recovery which essentially ended the game, Ty Montgomery, and they booted him out. He's in Baltimore now, and he's the fourth running back on the depth chart. His career is finished because he fumbled. He didn't get the ball to Aaron Rodgers. The easiest thing to do, just don't, like literally do nothing. Do nothing to, to affect your team and just give the ball to the greatest quarterback who has ever played the game of football, and you couldn't even do that right. So Ty Montgomery, he's out of Green Bay. Uh, he gave he gifted the Rams. The Rams should have traded for him. He's, he he was the MVP last week. If they sent him to Baltimore, they should have sent him to the Rams. He would be, he would have been the MVP of the team. Uh, that didn't make any sense to me. I thought the Rams should have traded for him if he was on the block. They got rid of him in a hurry. I mean, two two days after the game, right at the deadline, they, he was gone. He was out of the building in Green Bay. Um, and the, yeah, the Packers are in a real they're in a real tough spot now uh, after that loss. But. The Rams and the Saints. I picked the Saints to lose last week. I, I anticipated them, anticipated them uh, cooling off a little bit, and that has not been the case. They were red. Drew Brees only threw for 100 yards. The sky is falling. He only threw for 120 yards, and they still won handily, which is a good sign for the New Orleans Saints because throughout the years it's been if Drew Brees doesn't throw for 700 yards in the first half, they don't have a chance to win. They have a lot more balance. Um, with the running game with Alvin Kamara uh, and Mark Ingram. And then they have a respectable defense also. Um, and that's the point. I'm picking the Rams this week. There are a lot of teams that have as much offense as the Rams do. You could say the Chiefs, absolutely. The Saints, for sure. Maybe the Vikings because of the weapons that they have. Um, if Dalvin Cook comes back healthy, uh, you can definitely put, that, put them in that conversation. And maybe the Steelers, too, with Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, James Conner, and Le'Veon Bell. Maybe. I don't know if he decides to come back or not. But no team matches that kind of offense with the level of the Rams' defense. The Rams do have the best defense in the league. And there there are teams in the league with great defenses. Uh, Jag- the Jaguars, even though they're getting torched uh, left and right. The Vikings, 
they're doing okay, not as good as last year, but they're still respectable. Um, and the Ravens, who also don't have a good record. And those three teams, none of them are doing really good because their offense has been underperforming. The Rams are the best on both sides of the football in the entire league. I'm taking the Rams this week, 31-27. Um, somewhat of a shootout, I guess, in the NFL. Point differential in the NFL is not as wide as college football. So a four-point game, I think, is respectable. I expect the Rams to play better than last week for sure. I think last week playing in a close game, kind of escaping, was a good thing for them. Because they're gonna, um, they should be refocused this week, especially playing. Um, the Saints are better than the Packers, and they almost lost to the Packers. So I think they'll be really focused this week. The Rams will lose eventually. They're not gonna go 16 and 0 or 19 and 0, but their loss will come in at an unexpected time. Uh, I haven't checked the rest of their schedule, but the one game you feel like, yeah, the, the Rams, they're fine. They're fine. They will lose that game. They're not gonna lose one of these these marquee games that. Um, to, yeah, like last week, the Packers and the Saints. And I think next week or in two weeks, they play the Chiefs. Uh, they should win that one, too. They're going to lose one of their... Maybe it's maybe it's one of their division opponents, the Cardinals of all teams, or the 49ers. They'll probably lose one of those games in a tune-up game. Um, so they will definitely lose one, if not two games. They have a few tough games uh, down the road. So the second game... Uh, for the NFL is the Steelers at Ravens. Now this is a pretty, this is a classic NFC North matchup. It comes down to these two teams every single year. Uh, the Steelers, after getting off to a horrendous start, uh, they have that tie in their record. They're actually tied for first place in the NFC North. Uh, they're sitting at four, two, and one, and the Bengals are five and three. That's why I hate ties. Like, how does that make any sense? They don't have the same record. Their records don't look the same. One team has three numbers. The other one has two. One team has more wins than the other one, but more losses at the same time. It's so confusing, and they're tied. So they're in first place with all, after all that. Uh, the Ravens have been really struggling. They've lost three in a row. They're 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They're in third place in the AFC North. But they have a chance. If they were to win this week, they would definitely increase their chances and cause a lot more chaos in the AFC North. Um, I don't expect the Bengals to hang around there at the top for much longer. I'm expecting a horrendous collapse from them very soon uh, so it, it's going to come down to the to the Ravens and the Steelers as it often does which makes this game even more meaningful uh, for later in the season because it's going to have uh, a lot of tiebreakers to do with uh, this game last week uh, Lamar Jackson he got his first career passing touchdown which is not a good sign for this season if you're a Ravens fan, and definitely if you're a Joe Flacco, if your name is Joe Flacco, because if they were to fully commit to Lamar Jackson and make that move, they're obviously chalking up this season. They're moving forward, and that would essentially gift the division to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's not a good sign that he's throwing a little bit more. The less you see of Lamar Jackson, that means the Ra- the better for the Ravens. And not no disrespect to Lamar Jackson, but that means. They don't need to use him. He's not on the field as much. They're actually playing real football. They're not lining up Joe Flacco as as a wide receiver like he's Calvin Johnson. They need Joe Flacco to be their quarterback. But by the same token, Joe Flacco needs to play like he's an NFL quarterback. It's the reason why they drafted Lamar Jackson in the first place. He's been lukewarm at best throughout his career, um, which is not a good sign. Definitely, That's why they're 4-4 over these last uh, eight weeks. They've gone to 4-4. They're at 500. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers this week because they're, I mean, they're really starting to click. James Conner has filled uh, every hole left by uh, Le'Veon Bell and his jet ski. He's just, James Conner has been phenomenal. I think he's only had one week where he's like, wow, that's that's a backup running back. And then there was all the rumors, okay, Le'Veon Bell, is he coming back? And then the next week, James Conner, he balled out again. He's been fantastic. You could make an argument for him being a sleeper MVP. He won't win it, but you could make a great argument for him being an MVP. 
the top two dogs in the MVP race being Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley. I would absolutely give it to Patrick Mahomes uh, or Todd Gurley. I wouldn't really fight you if you gave it to Todd Gurley. If you gave it to James Conner, I'd be surprised, but there's definitely an argument there for him uh, filling the kind of gap that he did, and he, he he's filled it well up until this point. Um, if Le'Veon Bell decides to barge into the doors at Week 10, uh, the Steelers would have a decision to make there. But I'm taking the Steelers this week, 25-20 to 20 in Baltimore. And the last game is the Atlanta Falcons against the Washington uh, D.C. football team. We're not going to say their name because we can't. We don't have enough listeners as it is. We're not. We don't have the luxury of ostracizing any. Um, uh, Native American listeners. So if you're out there, uh, yeah, the Washington, D.C. football team. So that's what we're calling them this week. The Falcons have been a huge disappointment, huge disappointment this year. Um, I expected them to, to compete, if not win the NFC North, um, and they've just they've been falling behind uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, and that's why this is a must-win game for them. I don't like the term must-win unless it's an elimination game in a series, uh, say basketball or baseball. It's not a must-win game ever, but I feel like this is a, is a must-win game. Because of the pace that the Saints and the Panthers are winning games, the Saints, like I said, are the second-best team in the NFL behind uh, the Rams, and the Panthers have been keeping pace with them. I think they're only a game or two games behind them. So the Falcons cannot afford to fall behind any further. They have to get a win this week. Um, the Redskins have been, have been playing really well, though they did kind of get a gift against the Dallas Cowboys. They got a strip-sack touchdown. Uh, against Dallas, and they got a missed field goal, which would have sent it to overtime. Uh, Cowboys missed a field goal to send it to overtime. So they got a few gifts that game. So, I mean, I'm not going to take a win away from them, but they didn't dominate that game. They didn't pull away um, in that game. They didn't take command, uh, nor did Dallas either. That game was just, I mean, anyone's for the taking, and Washington just kind of, they fell on top of a win uh, when it was all said and done. So I'm going to take Atlanta this week only because of the, the talent gap. Um, and I've taken, I think in every game the Falcons have played this year, I think I've picked them to win that they've been, every week that they've been on the show. Um, and obviously they haven't been living up to my expectations or the league's expectations, but I'm taking them this week because their, their talent gap is just way more, way higher than, than the Redskins. Uh, they got Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, obviously. Uh, but that, that can only go so far. I mean, they've been really disappointing uh, this season. They're boring on offense. They get pushed around on defense. They're just, they're just a really flat uh, football team and for all those reasons I'm picking them to win that's why uh, my record's not that great I gotta go back and look um, what my record actually is this year I'd like to see um, what my picks are how my picks are doing I'll probably go back and uh, investigate on that this season but I'm gonna take the Falcons this week by a touchdown 21 to 14 if they lose this week they're done the Falcons are out of the playoffs they're done this is this is a similar similar situation as they had last year when they were really struggling in a Super Bowl hangover, and they had to start winning a lot of games to even get into the playoffs. They gave the Eagles a run for their money. Uh, they beat the Rams last year, and they gave the Eagles a run for their money. They were Julio Jones' uh, touchdown catch away from playing the Vikings, and who knows what happens there. That's why a lot of people were hyped on the, the Falcons this year, because they were so close to beating the Super Bowl champions. Um, they haven't lived up to those expectations, but I am picking them to win this week, uh, 21-14. So, that takes us to college football, which we have a lot to get through. We have a whole a whole bunch of college football this week. Uh, three games that are, I mean, these are fantastic games. First one, number one, Alabama. Number three, LSU. We are officially 
going into college football playoff rankings because it's that time of year. So these are all playoff rankings. The top 15, I'll read them out here for you if you haven't seen them already. Or if you have, maybe you want a refresher. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. LSU, number three. Uh, four, Notre Dame. Those would be your playoff teams if the playoffs started today. And the first two on the outside, number five, Michigan. Number six, Georgia. And rounding out the rest of the top 15, number seven, Oklahoma. Uh, Washington State, number eight. Number nine, Kentucky Basketball School. Number 10, Ohio State. Number 11, Florida. Number 12, UCF. 13, West Virginia. Uh, Penn State, 14. And number 15, the Utah Utes. So there's your top 15 in the college football playoff rankings like i said earlier i can't really argue it's the first one it's the first one of the season i don't see how you could really argue with these it's the first one you could i mean probably most likely it's going to be a completely different top 15 in the last uh, college playoff rankings uh going into the playoff this top 15 is going to look entirely different the top five six teams are going to look you know basically the same uh, the top dogs, I don't expect them to fall out of the fi- the top 15 from now to the end of the season. But the rest of the top 15, the Utahs of the world, the UCFs, um, West Virginia, Florida, all those guys, yeah, they'll probably shuffle in and out. Um, but I can't really argue with the rankings. I, my only gripe is uh, I'd, rather, I'd have Notre Dame a little bit higher. I'd swap them with LSU maybe. I might have Michigan in the top four. You could make that argument. But uh, it's, it's not a big deal. It's the first one. Next week, they'll, it'll be a lot better. Uh, if you do have any problems with it, um, I can't really see where you maybe you have Georgia a little bit higher if you have kind of uh, quote unquote SEC bias. Maybe Oklahoma is a little bit uh, overrated after losing to Texas. Oh, and that yeah, the dream is over. Texas lost last week, so uh, my playoff, my preseason playoff bracket is officially a poop now. It's it's done. I I had a little bit of hope when Texas was number what were they number five, number six last week, and they were one lost team. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State, so it's over. Texas is done. Uh, they'll play in the Alamo Bowl or something. So, yeah, it's it's over for them. And for me, um, we gave it our best effort, guys. I'm sorry I let you all down. So with all that, let's start picking some games. First game this week, uh, Alabama and LSU. Now, I said I would never pick another LSU game for the rest of the show, the history of the show. I said I would never pick another LSU game because you can't, you never know what they're going to do. Um, they lose the games they're supposed to win. And they win the games that they're supposed to lose. So I said, I'm never picking another LSU game again. And I meant it. I hate them. I, I never wanted to pick another LSU game. But this is just way too big to ignore. I can't ignore number one and number three. And it's in Death Valley. It's in Baton Rouge this week. So it's they have a legit... Um, no, they don't. Alabama's going to win this game running away. They've been the best team in the country by far. I mean, they're, they're a blend between a Big 12 offense. They score 50 points a game, and it's the same Alabama SEC defense. They'll keep you under 200 yards of total offense. They're just dominant. Tua Togavailoa has to be the Heisman Trophy winner. You are a fool if you say anyone else. I don't care about Kyler Murray. I don't care about Dwayne Haskett. Nobody. Don't tell me. You can't argue with me that anyone else deserves a Heisman more than Tua Togavailoa because he's putting up these video game numbers. I hate that phrase, but that's what he's doing. He's putting up these ridiculous numbers, and he's playing on the best team in the country. He's the best player on the best team. That matters. Playing on a winning team absolutely matters for the Heisman winner. Um, I know the last person to do it, and the only person uh, in my memory to do it who played on a, on a irrelevant team was Lamar Jackson. I mean, Louisville, I mean, come on, they had no... They they weren't gonna beat they didn't beat Clemson they weren't gonna beat Alabama Georgia they weren't one of the best schools in the country and Lamar Jackson uh, he ran away with the Heisman uh, Trophy but that's the last person to do it and I think in my memory the only person to play on 
really an irrelevant team or a non-national title competing team and win the Heisman. So for me, it's to it's to Watoga Vailoa. Um, this is going to be the best team that Alabama has faced this season and maybe all season because Auburn's not that good. Uh, Georgia lost to LSU, and we're going to get to them in a second. So you can make an argument LSU is going to be the best team that they face all year. Good. That means if they win this week, the rest of the season should be a breeze for them. You're, you're only making my argument that Alabama is the best team in the country even more solid because if they win this week and you feel like LSU is the best team they're going to face all year, which you can make an argument that it is. I mean, Georgia might be better. They lost to LSU. But if they win this week, they, they, they should have no problems running the table. Uh, I'm taking Alabama this week by a wide margin. LSU's not, no one's going to be able to put up numbers with Alabama against an Alabama defense, let alone being able to score that many points in the first place. If they got into the playoff, which they will, um, what teams could theoretically even score with those, even score with Alabama? Um, Oklahoma, maybe. Let's go back to our rankings. LSU, no. I mean, um, yeah, excuse me. LSU's not going to. Um, they're not going to put up points. That's why That's why I'm picking them to lose this week because they don't put up points um, like Alabama. Clemson, no, uh, not really. Michigan, no. Georgia, no. Oklahoma, maybe. Washington State, they're not getting in. Come on now. Uh, Ohio State, maybe. Okay, so there's only two teams that could theoretically even keep up with Alabama. But those two teams, could they put up 50 points? Uh, they Could they put up 50 points against an Alabama defense? So that's another question. I My answer would be no. So I, I'm picking Alabama this week and every week. Unless, no, I'm not even going to say that. Alabama's going to win every single week for the rest of the year, and they're going to win the national title. Spoiler alert. Second game this week that we are doing, number six, Georgia, and number nine, Kentucky. Good for Kentucky. They're a top 10 ranked team. Uh, good for them. They're a basketball. And we're not talking about basketball yet. We're talking about football. They're number nine, uh, and Georgia's number six. They did take a loss to LSU, as I said uh, earlier, and that's one of the reasons why I vowed never to pick another LSU football game, and I lied. Well, I told the truth for about two weeks, and then I lied this week. So we're doing a – yeah, so Georgia lost to LSU um, about a week or two ago. Two or three weeks ago they lost to LSU. Uh, the best thing you could have seen if you were a Georgia fan is not Georgia at number six, which is a great spot. If you're Georgia, you get to control your own destiny. You're on the outside looking in, but it's the first one of the season. You're two spots away from from get cracking in. And if you look at the teams ahead of you, Clemson, uh, LSU, and Notre Dame, uh, LSU is going to lose another one. That's for sure. Uh, Michigan will probably lose another one. Um, against Ohio State. They're playing Penn State this week too. Uh, Notre Dame, they probably won't lose in either Clemson. So there's two t- the two teams uh, that are ahead of you theoretically are probably going to lose for the rest of the year. So if you're Georgia, you're in a great spot. But that wasn't the best news that you heard this week when you saw the playoff rankings. The best news you got when you saw the college football playoff rankings was Kentucky at number nine. Because you play Kentucky this week, you're going to get another top 10 uh, win to add to your resume. I'm picking Georgia this week. They're the better football team. Kentucky's a great story. Their darling season is going to come to an end, and uh, they're going to play in the SEC or the uh, the Outback Bowl this year, which is uh, it's a good season for them. They're a basketball school. I had I hate to be that guy and and uh, uh, rain on everyone's parade, but they're they're a basketball school. That's what they are. They're not a football school. They're having a great year this year, um, and it's going to come to an end. It's going to come to a crashing halt this week when they run into Georgia. Um, yeah, so I'm taking Georgia this week. That reason that is good for Georgia is because they're going to have another top 10 uh, win this year, as I said. And that is important, obviously, because you always want to get as many top 10 or top 15 
uh, wins as you can. But it's important because they already have one loss. And here's where this show is going to get into a lot of madness. So pay attention. They have one loss already. As I said, they lost to LSU. LSU is going to lose this week, as I said earlier. But what affects Georgia, or hang on, that will confusing myself already. So Georgia will have one loss. LSU will have two losses, we think. Um, they're going to lose to Alabama, as I said. They're Alabama's beaten everyone. So that leaves Georgia with two losses now. Um, do you make the argument, if you're the committee or if you're Georgia, that a two-loss Georgia team is better than a one-loss, let's say Oklahoma runs the table, who would you, who would you put in there? Um, a two-loss Georgia team who lost to Alabama, I mean, undoubtedly the best team in the country, and LSU, another top 10 uh, team, and they have a top 10 win against Kentucky. Do you put them over Oklahoma who lost to Texas, which is now becoming a worse and worse loss? Uh, let's say Texas doesn't even get into the Big 12 title game. They lose to West Virginia. Um, now you, that's kind of an ugly loss. So you're going to see kind of a, not a conference bias, but you're going to see where the committee, what the committee thinks of the Big 12 against the SEC, a one-loss Big 12 team against a two-loss uh, SEC team. Who would you put in uh, in that scenario? Of course, and then you got to think of the Big 10. That's another com- we're not even going to get into that. But where the madness ensues is if LSU were to win this week, Georgia's effectively done. They're, they're finished because, and here's the reason why, you create another one-loss team uh, in the polls being Alabama. So you have one-loss Alabama, one-loss LSU, and now one-loss Georgia, all in one conference, all fighting for that uh, the last spot or two in the college football playoff. Um, you're like I said, Georgia's not going to lose. Uh, they're not going to win to Alabama. They're not going to win against Alabama. It's just not going to happen. So losing to a one loss Alabama team, giving you two losses, you're done. You're finished at that point. It's over. But if Alabama were to go undefeated, you have a better argument and there's an extra spot because you, you eliminate LSU also. And that's another question. If you had, if Georgia has two losses and LSU has two losses, would you put Georgia over LSU, even though they lost to them? It's, it's a tough argument to make, uh, so Georgia needs, they need Alabama to win this week. They need them to run the table. Um, obviously, up until they get to, they, until they play Alabama, uh, they're not going to beat them, but they're going to give their best effort. I can promise you that. Uh, they're not going to beat Alabama. So having two losses and Alabama undefeated, now you, need, you would need um, Michigan to beat up Ohio State and Ohio State. To, you would need some help in that scenario, being a two-loss team. Uh, it's never happened a two-loss team in the playoff, but if there were any scenario where it, there was a two-loss team in the playoff, I think the SEC has the best chance because they have so many good teams. And then there's also the, what if LSU runs the table and they win out? What would you do? You would have to, at that point, you'd have two SEC teams guaranteed. You'd have Alabama and LSU uh, if they both have one loss because Alabama's not getting left out. There's, there's no way. There's no way Alabama's getting left out of the playoff. So if LSU wins this week, Georgia's effectively done, so they need they need Alabama to to win this week. If you're Georgia, the last game, uh, some more madness coming for you. Number five, Michigan against what's their ranking? Penn State. I didn't add their rank. I think they're number seventeen or sixteen, something like that. Penn State is that one's in Happy Valley. This is another huge game. I think the Big Ten is probably the trickiest conference to be in right now, uh, even more so than the SEC. Uh, even after every that whole random spiel I just went on, I think the Big Ten is even more confusing, and here's why. You have Ohio State at one loss. You have Michigan at one loss. The winner of that game, should they take care of business in the Big Ten championship game, is going in the playoff. Book it. So there's two teams right there. There's an Alabama. There's a Big Ten champion. There is a Notre Dame because they don't have a conference championship. They don't have a conference championship. And they don't have any more ranked opponents for the rest of the year. They play Northwestern this week, which should be a tough game for them, but they should win. 
Uh, and in that fourth spot being a wild card team, uh, possibly in Oklahoma or a second SEC team, whether it's one loss LSU or one loss Georgia. Um, but in that case, if Alabama were number one, that would mean they would they were undefeated. Oh, and Clemson too. So uh, you'd have Alabama, the Big Ten winner, Clemson, and then a wild card, uh, a wild card team, a second SEC team, or a Big Twelve champion. Um, what was he saying? Okay, so got a little bit off track there. That's what happens in college football. It's just so many, so many different variables when you're deciding the. the there's only four teams. That's why I like the four team uh, format because there's just so much madness and just so many different scenarios. So. What makes this game so interesting, uh, other than their two Big Ten teams, uh, they're blue bloods in, in college football, and they're both ranked. Penn State has two losses. So what if Penn State were to win this week, which I think they will. I actually like Penn State this week. Um, I have nothing against Michigan, but every time every time they've been on the show, I think I've picked Michigan to lose. Um, I have nothing against Michigan. I like uh, I like Michigan. I like Jim Harbaugh, but every week I just feel like this is it. This is the end of the world for them. I'm picking Penn State to win this week. And should they win, this would create a domino effect in the Big Ten. It would create all kinds of madness uh, and probably open the door for maybe an Oklahoma or a second SEC team, as I said before, because you'd have now two lost Penn State and two lost Michigan who will later play Ohio State. And should they beat Ohio State, you'd have a two-loss Ohio State team. So you'd have two, excuse me, you'd have three two-loss teams in the Big Ten and they're all great teams. Ohio State, uh, maybe the best of the three. Uh, Michigan's ranked number five. Ohio State's number 10 right now. But that's because uh, Ohio State just got pummeled by an awful Purdue team. So that's a really ugly loss for them. So um, that's why they're ranked below Michigan. But they're going to play Michigan this season. And should Michigan come into that game with two losses and they beat Ohio State, what do you do if you're the committee? Let's just say one of the two loss teams, whether it's Ohio State Penn State or, or Michigan. If it's Penn State, I don't think the Big Ten has a chance of getting in the playoff. I think if you're the Big Ten and you have three two-loss teams, you want the champion to either be Michigan or Ohio State, one of those two teams, to win the conference title to have any chance of a representative in the college football playoff. So let's just say it's Ohio State or Michigan, the winner of that game. Um, it would probably, if in this scenario, Michigan wins that game, uh, they'd have the tiebreaker over Ohio State. They would get into the Big Ten title game and they win that. Can you make the argument that a two-loss Big Ten team is better than a two-loss SEC team or a one-loss division or excuse me conference winner uh, in the Big Twelve? That being Oklahoma um, and possibly West Virginia, but West Virginia obviously doesn't have the track record or the pedigree as Oklahoma. Um, Michigan or even LSU at that point or Georgia so can you make the argument that who would you choose if there's one spot left do you take a two loss let's say Georgia team a two loss Michigan team or a one loss Oklahoma team who would you put in that fourth spot the committee would have a really really tough decision at that point um it would be there's just so many different variables there's a two loss team at a conference champion then you have a one loss team at conference champion but they play in what is perceived to be a weaker conference in the big 12 and then you have a two loss non-conference champion in what would be georgia or lsu but they play in what is perceived as the toughest conference in all of college football and ls if it were lsu they'd have a really good argument because they have the toughest schedule in the whole country they've played Florida, they played Miami, they're playing, they played Georgia, they're playing uh, Alabama. This week they have just murderers row on their schedule. So they'd have a really, um, really good gripe against the committee to get in with two losses. There's just so many different uh, scenarios. Um, 
that could pop. And if there's the there's the perfect scenario, which never happens, everyone wins out. Michigan wins this week, and they run the table the rest of the way. And Ohio State would have two losses, and they'd be done. Michigan would be the title, the Big Ten title winner. Uh, Alabama goes undefeated. Georgia has two losses at that point. Um, in which case, it would be an easy decision for the committee, but it never is in college football. Nothing, nothing comes easy in college football. Not even for, uh, not even for the playoff committee. There's going to be a a long debate in that. Uh, is it the the Gaylord Texan in Dallas? That's where they meet to. Um, that wasn't a joke. That was that's where they meet to uh, discuss the rankings and discuss the Final Four and uh, the rest of the college football playoff rankings. Uh, so that is all of our college football this week. We're moving on to college basketball now. Um, I can't wait. I love college basketball so much. Did I say college football twice? I might have. I can't wait for college basketball to start. Um, that gets started on Tuesday with two headline, I mean, monster games. I cannot wait. Two possible um, tournament games, possibly uh, later on in the year, or not in the year next year. That'd be in 2019, March uh, the first game, number one, Kansas, number 10, Michigan State. Uh, and later on in the night, that's going to be number two, Kentucky, and number four, Duke. Man, that just sounds so great. I love those. They have just such great names. I love saying them. I love college basketball so much. I'm doing my best Bill Walton impression here now. Uh, I love the universe. It's such a beautiful vastness of of excitement and imagination. I love college basketball. Um <laughs> I love college basketball. I cannot wait. It just sounds so good to say Kansas, Duke, Kentucky. Um, and the Big East is better this year. St. John's with Chris Mullen, Georgetown. Uh, obviously, Villanova. Uh, Xavier's a little bit worse this year. They lost Chris Mack to Louisville. But Louisville is back now. or Maybe not back, but they should be coming back um, in years to come. I can't wait for those games. Uh, I guess we're going to pick those games. I said, uh, I said last week I was going to do conference champions. Uh, I lied. I'm not going to do that. You know how hard that is? You know how many D1 college basketball conferences there are? There's a lot. And you know how hard it is to choose uh, col- uh, conference winners in preseason in college basketball? Really hard. I mean, it's just really tough, uh, especially in, it's just really hard. So we're going to pick those two games um, this week. And it's, they're going to be some lazy picks, as you can see right now. I'm going to take the two. It's the first week of the season. Um, there's going to be a lot of bugs to fix, a lot of things to work out if you're um, Coach Cal, Calipari, uh, Coach K, Tom Izzo, uh, Kansas, uh, Bill Self. Sorry, I I said it right. Okay, um, I always get confused. Michigan State is Mark D'Antonio. That's the football coach. And, yes, Tom Izzo is a basketball coach. Mark D'Antonio, not to be confused with Mike D'Antoni, uh, the Houston Rockets coach. So, yeah, we're playing the name game now. It's the first week of the season. I just take the talent, the more talented teams. You don't know what you're going to get. It's the first game of the year. No one has any film on each other, especially now in the one and done era. And we're going to get into, we're really going to get into the one and done right now in a moment. But in the one and done era, you don't have film on people. You don't have any film. It's everyone's first year playing with each other. It's just who's who's going to, who's the best team? Who's going to, who's the more talented team? And who's the, who's going to win on any given night? So I take that more talented team. We're going to take Kansas over Michigan State. Uh, and I'm going to take Duke over Kentucky. Uh, Duke's obviously they have just, I mean, a monster lineup. Uh, they have their their big three: Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett. The three big dogs they pulled in. Uh, the super froshes that they got this uh, past recruiting season. They're all one and done. So this is the last you're going to see of them. I'll take 
the more talented teams to win in the first game of the year. And maybe if this game were, let's say, what, what are we in? We're in November now. It's the first day of November. If this game was in January or February. I'd probably take, I'd probably take Kentucky because they're going to, as we've seen from Kentucky over the years, they, there's no one Kentucky basketball team. Every, every year, Kentucky has like 50 different teams. They're changing on a week-to-week basis. They just keep getting better and better and better. And last year, we were completely, right, completely writing off uh, Kevin Knox at Kentucky. They're not going to make the tournament. They're just they're terrible. And I think they made it with the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. Like They made a deep run last year after being written off by everyone. So Kentucky later in the year will definitely be better. If you ask me to pick who's going to win right now, I'm going to take uh, Duke. Uh, Zion Williamson, that guy's a monster. But what I'm seeing a lot of people say is Duke is going to, excuse me, uh, click something on my laptop, is Duke is going to win the whole thing. Duke's going to be the national title winner. They're, it's going to be the greatest team of all time. It's Fab 5 2.0, thus being a Fab 10, 5 times 2. Uh, I, stop. Pump the brakes. I mean, slow down. Please. I mean, you got to stop really quick because they're not, they have, in my opinion, it's my show. All these are my opinions. They're not going to win the title. If you ask me, they have no chance of winning the title. And here is why. I was going to say rookies. Freshman-led teams, they don't go deep into the tournament. They just don't. And we have plenty of facts and nuggets here to back it up in a minute. All the Final Four teams, all the national title winners, or not all, but in recent years, in this one-and-done era, it's the veteran-led teams that are the best teams in the country. I get why the freshman-led teams, the the one-and-dones, the NBA prospects. I understand completely why they have um, all the media and all the hype because they're exciting. They're the most fun teams, and they're the only teams in the country whose players you know the names of. And I get that. They're really exciting. They're really fun to watch. And don't get me, Duke, I'm going to watch the heck out of Duke this season. Are you kidding me? I can't wait to see Zion Williamson uh, get out on a fast break and dunk from the three-point line. I can't. I just can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be a complete... Uh, slave to the hype and to the rankings. Duke is not going to get to the past the Sweet 16 this year. Obviously, I mean, we can't guarantee that because, um, well, duh. Obviously, we haven't seen the uh, March Madness bracket. Maybe they get a really good one, sp- one spot and they have a really easy way to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. But I'm not going to pick them to make the Final Four. That's for sure. I'm not going to pick them to win the national title. That's for damn sure. Be- and here is why it's always a veteran-led team. Look at last year. Who was the most exciting, the most talked about, the most popular player in the country last year? Trey Young. Turnover, turnover Trey Young. Oh, I can't stand that guy. But he was the most exciting player in college basketball. He was the most talked about. Trey Young, absolutely, by far, the most talked about player in the whole country. How did they do in the tournament? Oh, they lost in one game. They lost in the first round to Rhode Island. Why did they lose to Rhode Island? Because Rhode Island had three senior guards on their team. They lost the next round, but they played Duke. I mean, give them a break. Duke was really good last year. Um, and the same thing. Duke had a lot of freshmen last year. They had Marvin Bagley, uh, Wendell Carter, um, and they lost to Kansas in the Elite Eight, who was a veteran-led team, and we're going to get into that right now. If you look at the last four Final, four, uh, Final Fours and winners, they're all led by veterans and by seniors and by good coaches. Not that, obviously... Um, Duke has the best coach, but um, just all these teams have great coaches. Um, last year, it was Villanova. They had Dante DiVincenzo. Michigan, they had Mo Wagner. Loyola, Chicago, uh, you don't know any of the players' names, and neither do I, but they had a lot of senior guards on that team. Uh, and Kansas, they had Devontae Graham and Svee Mikhailu. So they beat Duke, who was, had all these monster freshmen, and they were a great team. Uh, they were fun to watch, but uh, excuse me, Kansas had Devontae Graham, 
who was a veteran. They had Sfima Kailuk, who was a veteran. And then they had uh, Azubuki. I think it's Yudoke Azubuki. Um, and he's coming back this year. That's why Kansas is number one in the country, because they have another returning big man. I mean, it's, there's not many of those to go around. So that was last year. Two years ago, or the year before that, North Carolina, the winner. They had Justin Jackson, Joel Berry, and Luke May, all veterans. Oregon was in the Final Four. They had Dylan Brooks and Jordan Bell. You heard of those guys? They're in the NBA now. Um uh, Gonzaga, they had Shemek Karnowski and Zach Collins, who was a, he was a freshman. But the main, the best player on their team, and I'm not saying, that's the whole point. People can get confused that I say that I think the veteran players are better or more talented than the freshmen. No, of course not. Those freshman guys are going to have great careers in the NBA. But when you get into college, it's, a, it's different. It's about who's the best team and who's the more um, experienced team, who has, who's more seasoned, who's been there before. So obviously, Shemek Karnowski, I bet that's the first time you ever heard of his name. He was a senior at Gonzaga, and he was one of the most dominant players in the tournament that year. He's, I don't even know where he is. I think he's in the Serbian League now. But they made the Final Four. They made the Final Four because they had a veteran team. And in that same Final Four uh, two years ago, South Carolina, they had Cinderius Thornwell, who's a bench warmer in, for the Clippers. I'm not saying they're better basketball players. I'm saying they make better college basketball teams. Uh, three years ago, Villanova, again, the national title winner. They had Josh Hart. They had Chris Jenkins, that iconic game-winning buzzer beater three. They were both uh, veterans on that team. And Josh Hart's actually a pretty good NBA player. Some of these guys do turn out to be good NBA, NBA players, but mostly it's those super froshes that everyone loves. Uh, that everyone loves. Uh, North Carolina, who they beat, uh, they had Justin Jackson again. Joel Berry, they were uh, veteran players michigan state they had denzel valentine in syracuse there weren't any superstars in that team i think uh, tyus battle was like a freshman or something maybe um but it's syracuse we all know what they want to do they want to zone you up and play hard defense they have jim Beheim. the same thing as last year they gave michigan state a run for their money uh, last year or was it michigan state i think it was this past tournament um they weren't really they didn't get a lot of attention going in the tournament. They made another deep run. That's what Syracuse does. They always have veterans. And then the last one I have here for you, uh, it's when Duke won. is in 2015. They had Tyus Jones. They had Jalil Okafor and uh, Quinn Cook, all veterans. I think Jalil Okafor was actually a freshman, though. But Tyus Jones and uh, Quinn Cook, they were, they were veterans on that team. Wisconsin, who they beat in the national title game, they had Frank the Tank and Sam Decker. Those are their two big dogs on that team. Uh, Michigan State. Uh, they had another veteran. They had another veteran team. Obviously, Denzel Valentine was on the team, but he was a uh, year, un- year uh, younger. Excuse me. And Kentucky. Now, out of all the teams that I've listed, these past four Final Fours and the winners, Kentucky is the only team to get to the Final Four who's who was led by a freshman, that being Carl Anthony Towns, and they lost in the in the Final Four, the, the semifinal to Wisconsin, who were led by Frank the Tank and Sam Decker. So my point is this. Duke will absolutely not even get to a title game. They won't get to the Final Four because that's just not what freshmen do. Are they going to be exciting? Are they going to be fun to watch? Absolutely. I mean, I can't wait to watch these guys. I can't wait for Tuesday night. Uh, They're going to be playing Kentucky. I can't wait for that game. But I'm not even going to pick them to win the ACC when you have uh, veteran uh, Kyle Guy in Virginia and you have veteran Luke May in North Carolina. He's a senior this year. I'm not going to take Duke to beat Either of those teams, they'll get into the tournament, obviously. They're like Alabama in the playoff. You're not going to leave those guys out. But they're not going to win the tournament. They're not going to get to the Final Four. Stop ogling over these, these super freshmen. Yes, they're great players. And yes, the vast majority of them are going to have fantastic NBA careers. And they're pro- they are better players than Kyle Guy, uh, Luke May, you know, the veteran uh, college guys that are there for four years. Joel Berry, he got cut by the Lakers. Um, but they're great in college. 
When you get these teams that have played together for four years, they've played against other Blue Blood uh, programs, they've been in the tournament, I'm going to take that team 10 times out of 10. I've just given you the numbers and all the teams and all the players that have been in the, uh, the Final Four over the past four years. Duke is not going to get there. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be fun to watch, but they're not, they're not, they're not going to win the Final Four. So pump the brakes on Duke. Please, just please stop it. They're not going to win the title. I can't wait to watch them. But come March, if you want to put Duke as your final team in your bracket, you can be in my bracket pool because you're not going to win. Not going to win that one. So that brings us to the quote of the week. Quote, you don't want to be around when I run out of patience, fool. No, the fool was added. That was me. That was from one LeBron James when asked. This is a dumb question, too. I get... um, I kind of get where he's coming from, but I kind of don't because he's getting really fed up with the LA, the LA media and all the media attention that comes with being a Laker. Uh, they asked him, how much patience do you have left and what happens when you run out of patience? Well, when you ask a stupid question, you get a pretty stupid answer sometimes. And that's not a stupid answer. That's just a pretty, I mean, it's kind of a jab, a little bit of a salty answer. And that's what happens. I get why LeBron is really tired. They're off to a slow start, the Lakers are. And this should be expected. They won last night against the the Mavs. Actually, they escaped against the Mavs. They had a 20-point lead, and they turned that into a one-point win. But I get, excuse me, I expected them to start off slow. Everyone, A lot of people have been asking me, man, what's wrong with the Lakers? Are they okay? What's going on? This is to be expected. And we said this on the show when we were picking our NBA playoff um, seedings. All LeBron James teams in their first year get off to a horrendous start. They get started off slow. All of them, they all do. In Cleveland, his very first time, his rookie year, um, in Miami, uh, in Miami, he got off to a slow start. And then when he went back to Cleveland and now in LA, they all get off to slow starts. In all of their losses, it's not. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. And they all have all LeBron James teams have a tough stretch right before the All Star break, and then they get a week off. They get to get some rest. And then coming out of the All-Star break, they're on fire. They win six in a row. And then going into the playoffs, they win four or five in a row. And that's why everyone says, man, can LeBron do it again? Can he get back to the finals? Because they have his team really starts clicking right before the playoffs. So they're going to they're gonna fix it. They're going to get through it. Uh, maybe a you know, week or two through November, they'll have a nice stretch in December. And then in January, you'll start to see them kind of collapse going into February's All-Star break. And then they'll pick it back up in late March, May. And then and there's playoffs time. So... I expected them to start off slow. It's not a big deal. And I feel like LeBron James expected to start off slow. I mean, were they supposed to go 8-0, 9-0? Like, pump the brakes a little bit. And all of their losses, every single one of their losses, I think, maybe not every single one. That might be an exaggeration. But most of their losses are to playoff teams. Who have they lost to? The Spurs twice now. Playoff team last year, and they got better with uh, DeMar DeRozan. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard last year, so they add an all-star. They've lost to the Rockets, number one overall seed in the playoffs last year. Um, who else have they? They've lost to play uh, Minnesota, another playoff team. Even though they're getting ready to have a meltdown pretty soon, but they were a playoff team last year, and Jimmy Butler was playing. So they've lost to really good Western Conference teams. I'd be concerned if they were losing to Memphis. If they did blow a twenty-point lead to Dallas, I'd be really concerning. If they were losing to the Knicks, the Hawks, like these terrible rebuilding teams, that would be a cause for concern. But this is who this they are. Who we thought they were. They're not quite ready to compete in the playoffs. They'll get there, but they're not quite ready to make noise in the playoffs just yet. Maybe next year, uh, guys a little bit more mature, that being their young court. Um, I almost said Trey Young. I was thinking about the last segment. Josh Hart, um, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Or if they were to add someone, be an Anthony Davis, a Kevin Durant, 
or a Michael Jordan for all we know. The Lakers are always, they're always in the headlines to sign anyone. So this isn't a big deal, this slow start. And I can see why LeBron James is starting to run out of patience, and that's a warning to the media. Because why are we talking about this? This was expected of them. I mean, not we don't expect LeBron James to, to have a losing record and not make the playoffs, but we expected him to get off to a slow start. These guys have never played with each other. So quit trying to make these storylines and analyzing every single loss that the Lakers have because they're only going to get better. And I, LeBron James is trying to commit to this process and trying to be patient, and the media is just really ticking him off, which, I mean... I get it. Yeah, it's annoying. Players don't like dealing with the media. But number two, you're LeBron James. You're the most polarized player on the, in the history of sports. He's used to this, but I, I can sense where he's, he's kind of, his patience is wearing a little bit thin uh, with the LA media. That's going to be the end of our show this week. It's a Crowd Noise podcast. You can listen every single Thursday at a r- random time. I don't have a set time. Uh, I'm not that I'm not that committed. I don't want to say I am committed to the show. I work hard (laughs) once a week, but uh, I don't have a set time. Every single Thursday, you can listen to Crowd Noise Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, and for you Android people out there, Google Podcasts. I take care of everyone. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend. Man, we got monster college football games, and you have a monster uh, NFL game, the Saints and the Rams. That should be the Super Bowl, man. Those are the two best teams in the league. It's a shame that one of them is going to have to beat each other in the playoffs and then probably play uh, an inferior AFC team in the Super Bowl. But oh well, we don't make the rules. We just talk about them. Uh, I'll see you next Thursday, everybody. It's a Crowd Noise Podcast.